where two or three gather in your name, you will be in their midst. And God, we have gathered here today to worship and to honor you. And as we sung, because there is no one worthy, God, of the praise and glory that is due your name. And Father, I know that you have led this congregation into this season for, for a, a reason, God. And this morning, you're going to encourage us through this message. And I pray that we would all have ears to hear what your Ruach is saying. For those who are listening here inside this sanctuary, for those who are, who are watching right now through the streaming, and those who might listen to the podcast uh, later on, Father, may we all have ears to hear what you are saying. I bind up every force of evil that would seek to distort or, or uh, uh, misrepresent your word, God. And I pray that it would go into good soil that would produce a hundredfold fruit in our lives. And I thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. So we are starting part two of our series, Fast 40 Days to Breakthrough. And for 40 days, our congregation is going to do a congregational fast together. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, just uh, uh, reminding what we went through last week with Rabbi Michael. I can tell you this has been a very tough week for your rabbis, to the point where I said to my husband, I wish we had never decided to do this sermon series. That's how tough things were spiritually this week. And I recognize that it's hell, because hell knows that something powerful is going to happen as a result of us making a commitment as a congregation to stand together and to seek God in a way that we've not done in, in, in quite a while. But it was not a fun week for the rabbis, let me just say that. Hell does not like when the people of God commit to a season of focus, concentrated prayer. And that's what this is about, friends. It's about focused, consecrated prayer. Yes, we pray every day, everyone prays, and we have, but this is a focused in a way that we just not focused before. So Rabbi Michael spoke last week about the spiritual discipline of fasting, and he gave us the definition that it was refraining from physical food for a spiritual purpose. And if you just got a booklet today, you can go listen to the podcast and take notes on his message from last week as well. So this may some, be something that is new to some people, but historically fasting has been used by believers of Messiah for thousands of years as a way to humble ourselves for a set season in order to seek God's face and to draw closer to Yeshua. I want to encourage you, fasting is not just giving up food. Several shared with us how they only eat one meal a day already. And, you know, I'm one of those people who could go throughout the day and not eat and not think anything of it, especially if I'm busy. I'm a Martha person, so I can do my Martha little thing, and breakfast and lunch will go by, and I won't even think about it. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about biblical fasting, and biblical fasting is just not skipping a meal. You know, Rabbi Michael shared the verse last week where Yeshua said to his Talmudim when they came down from the, he came down from the mountain, and they could not bring deliverance to this young boy and this father. And he's like, what happened? He said, this cannot come out but by prayer and fasting. So biblical fasting is always accompanied with prayer. So if you are one of those purple people, and we've encouraged uh, purple people, one of those people... <laughs> 
who already fast, in other words, you skip a couple of meals for whatever reason it may be, our encouragement is then to take that time and focus in prayer that you're already missing a meal from. So for the next 40 days, we are going to do a congregational-wide fast where everyone is sacrificing something in our normal daily lives. Last week, Rabbi Michael presented three options. The first is the Daniel fast, where we give up meat, sweets, and bread, and we eat vegetables, fruits, nuts, and whole grains. The second was the modified fast. Some people may not be able to do that, may not feel like they could do that. For whatever the reason, it doesn't matter. And that's where you might just give up the liquid part. You know, unless you're already a water drinker like me, <laughs> don't give up your water. But some of you may have decided you're going to give up coffee, soda, milk, and all of that stuff. And, you know, just to, and that's going to be your fast, and that's great. Or maybe a partial fast. Maybe for some of you, you know, your work schedule or whatever may not, you may not feel that you can handle only fruits and vegetables, and that's okay. And so some have decided they're going to fast a meal a day or maybe one day a week or two days a week. Whatever you have decided, that's good. And the other option, some who just maybe medically cannot do any type of physical uh, fasting, you know, have decided to fast other things, like maybe that favorite TV show. For the next six weeks, you're not going to watch it. And then after the fast is over, you can binge watch it. <laughs> Spend the whole day Sunday catching up on it. You know, so maybe that's what you decided, or you're going to stay off Facebook. Ooh, wow, that would be uh, something for some of us, right? So, but the most important thing that Rabbi Michael talked about is what is a meaningful sacrifice for you? There's a lot of different options, and the answer is it's between you and God. What I am doing may not be what you're doing. What Rabbi Michael is doing may not be what you're doing, and that's okay. That's okay. We just want to lay this foundation once again because as we go into this, like we're going to have a bagel next week, I'm going to tell you right now we're serving bagels and cake, okay? And we're not going to look at the person picking at the bagel with, all right? It's okay if the person takes a bagel. It's okay if they take a piece of cake. We're not legalistic, and we're not judging. This leadership is not judging anyone, and I don't want you to judge one another because it's a personal decision. You have to ask God, and hopefully this is what this past week has been about, and if you're just hearing it for today, you're going to ask God, what do you want me to do on this fast? But make it meaningful. So if you never drink soda, like I never drink soda, for me to give up soda, that ain't a big deal, okay? Giving up chocolate, which I am doing, no desserts, and all the other good stuff. See, that's meaningful. So it has to be meaningful is the important thing. We're not going to send out the food cops. And they're not going to come checking to see if you have any donuts in your in your house, any Dunkin' Donuts or Krispy Kremes, right? Husband's like, oh, no. Rest assured, we're not going to do that. And, but my, why I'm saying spend the time on this, I don't want you to do that to one another. Nobody but nobody should feel bad because they decide not to do the full Daniel fast. 
There's no shame in that. Make it meaningful. And as my husband and I have been talking about this and even talking with our kids a little bit because they're whatever they're deciding to do, we said, you know what, if nothing else, everyone makes a commitment to more focused prayer, it's a win-win for this congregation, right? So again, no condemnation and don't judge one another. When you go to sign up on the list out there for Purim, you're going to see a lot of things that aren't on the Daniel fast, Okay. We have things that are on the fast for those who will be doing a Daniel fast. We're going to be having visitors come in that day as well. So we're not going to just serve, you know, fruits, nuts, and vegetables. <laughs> okay? So, so we say this and laying this down really, really strongly here because we don't want condemnation and we don't want judging. The most important thing is that as a congregation, we are committing to one another that we are going to make some type of significant sacrifice for 40 days and join together in prayer for breakthrough. And if for some reason you feel you cannot participate on any level, that's okay too. That's okay. And you still come because you, God, will still speak to you and he will still encourage you. It's okay. Again, no condemnation, no judging from these two rabbis. And don't let me hear it from you. <laughs> I don't want to come if you are judging one another. Let's not do that. Okay? It's about our heart. It's about our heart and making that commitment. And I want to encourage you as we're making that commitment, perhaps this might be a good season to join one of our regular prayer meetings. Just saying, perhaps, again, no judgment, no pressure. I say this without the 40 days of fast. I'm always encouraging because the prayer meeting, I think, should be the most important meeting that every congregation has. And yet, not just for Beth Emanuel, but for every congregation, it is the least attended. We have prayer on Thursday nights from 6.30 to 7.30. We have prayer on Saturday morning from 10 to 10.30. Come, be a part of those as part of your commitment to the 40 days of fasting and prayer. The second thing I just want to say, just laying the ground rules again, is that we cannot earn anything, excuse me, earn anything from God by what we do. It's grace. So our fasting is not going to make us more righteous in God's eyes. It's not going to make us more holy. It's not going to make us more saved. So we have to make sure we understand that. But we need to recognize that Yeshua encouraged and endorsed fasting. And that is a powerful way for us as believers to push away from the world and press into God's presence and to see his breakthrough. And that's what we're going to speak about this morning is breakthrough. Can we turn to our neighbor and say breakthrough? In fact, can we be so bold as to proclaim this prophetically? God has a breakthrough for you. So what is breakthrough? You can turn in your books to, the, to week two. I think it's around page 10 or so, and you can start taking notes if you would like. So what is breakthrough? Well, one has defined it as a sudden, dramatic, and important discovery or development. A sudden, dramatic, and important discovery or development. 
think about all the breakthroughs that we have in science and in medicine. I just saw something pop up in my face feed on Facebook that Israel was going to try to develop within two weeks a vaccine for this coronavirus. So I said if anyone could do it, it would be Israel. So that would be a breakthrough, right? Uh, a medical scientific breakthrough. Think of technology. Hold up your cell phone, Michael. Now see, the, we all have one of these, and it's okay if you have it out and you're using it for purposes to you know, follow the message, although you have notes there. But we were talking about this in our Wednesday night study. In fact, it was Adeline, I believe, who mentioned the GPS uh, feature on our, our phones. So I know recently I was sharing about how as a kid, I was my dad's navigator. I always sat behind my dad when we traveled. I had all the maps out, was telling him where to go, even though I, I realized as an adult he probably already knew what he was doing. But it was a lot of fun for me. But now, like I was driving Abigail, she has to do these clinical observations. I pull that thing up, and it's so nice. Please turn at the stop sign. I'm like, how does she know there's a stop sign there? Right, Siri, turn at that stop sign. That's amazing technology. I remember driving, we drive home to Missouri every time we go, you know, years ago, we had to, we didn't even have cell phones. So when we hit St. Louis, I would call my family and say, we're in St. Louis. So they knew it would be like five more hours before we got there. So all of these fantastic breakthroughs that have happened in technology and in medicine. Well, in the same way, we can have a breakthrough in our personal lives. And that's what this 40 days of fasting is. A breakthrough, maybe in your career, your family, your marriage, another relationship, your finances. A breakthrough in salvation of loved ones. Wouldn't it be great that at the end of the 40 days, we see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Everyone has a family member who comes to faith. And the Jewish people that we have been reaching out to, one, two, three, four, five, that we see them come to faith and brought into the kingdom of God and growing here as Talmudim of Yeshua? Wouldn't that be awesome, someone? That's breakthrough. So what is the opposite of breakthrough? It's called setback. A setback is when you don't move forward or you make no progress. In fact, you do the opposite. You regress. You go backwards. People have setbacks in their career, sometimes by the loss of a job. We can get setbacks in our health, a diagnosis of doom, chronic pain and sickness, financial setbacks. There could be setbacks in your relationship. And that setback can lead to what is called a deadlock, where you're playing just stuck. You're not making any progress in your life, in your marriage, or your career. It's stalemate, and that's when you really need that breakthrough. And friends, I'm here to tell you that everybody needs a breakthrough in some area in their life. Even if it's not personal for you, everyone has a loved one or a Jewish friend who needs to know Messiah. And a breakthrough to see that happen is a good thing. So I want you to think about where do you need a breakthrough? As today is the first day of our fast. And again, if you didn't know about it, that's okay. You can start with us, no condemnation. If you fall off sometime during the month, no condemnation, you just get back on. But where do you need a breakthrough? Again, maybe it's financial. 
Maybe you're one of those persons who say, no matter how much I try, I just don't have enough money, and I keep going deeper and deeper in debt. I need a financial breakthrough. Again, maybe it's health. I know some of us have suffered with chronic things going on in our bodies, and we need a breakthrough for deliverance. He is the God who heals. He has not changed. He is the same. Some of you may have some relations that are strained. Your marriage may be at an impasse. It's not moving forward. You're stuck. Maybe your work, your kids, your family. You have a child who is veering off the wrong way. Prayer and fasting to see breakthrough, to see that change. Your job is getting hellish and, and oppressive. Again, pray for breakthrough, for change. Maybe you need a spiritual breakthrough. Maybe you feel stuck spiritually. You're just kind of flat. A good sign to that, again, no condemnation, judgment. Your rabbis love you. But my heart breaks when I see people not engaged in worship. It's a sign something's not, not right, especially if it happens week after week. You may have a bad week, okay, and it happens, again, hellish week. I have often to refocus myself even today in prayer because the weight of all the stuff happening personally just was bombarding me during worship today. And I had to keep choosing to bring my mind back. This is, it's about Yeshua. I got to get focus here. But week after week, day after day, we're unable to worship. Sign, we need a spiritual breakthrough. You may have been, used to have been red hot on fire for Yeshua. Remember, that's what we used to ask the youth years ago. Is the fire burning? Is the fire burning? Right? So maybe you're one of those people who need a spiritual breakthrough. You can't even read your Bible to hear God speak to you. Well, friends, 40 days fasting and prayer, we're going to see a breakthrough for you in that area. So what and where do you need a breakthrough? Because at the end, we're going to turn in those forms and even if you don't want to sign the contract, I want everyone to turn in a piece of paper that says, I need a breakthrough in this. Because my husband and I are going to take those forms and we're going to be praying for them every week. Praying specifically for everything that you put down on there. Now, someone asked me last week, I have some personal things I don't want to write down. That's fine. God knows. But whatever you can write down that you want us to, to, to join you in praying for, we're going to take those forms we're going to consecrate them at the end in prayer, but the rabbis are going to be praying over everything that's listed on those forms. So breakthrough, one of the ways God does it. See, breakthrough doesn't just happen uh, spontaneously. So all of these medical and technological breakthroughs we're talking about, like if Israel comes up with a, a vaccine for the coronavirus in two weeks, it's not just going to happen. Like, poof. There are scientists over there that are working probably day and night to see what they can do. Okay? So someone, someone in other words, someone's putting effort in. And so it is in the spiritual realm. There is effort that has to be put in on our part. Why? Because we're always called to partner with God. And one of the forms of that is through prayer and fasting. And again, that's what we're encouraging for this week. 
So again, we're gonna collect those contracts at the end of the week, but I want you to think throughout this message on breakthrough, if you haven't written anything down yet, God, where do I need a breakthrough? Where do I need you to desperately move in my life? So just to go on with thinking about last week, Daniel, Daniel was taken to Babylon, and Rabbi Michael spoke about this. And from the beginning, they wanted to conform these Jewish young men into the Babylonian ways, and they started with the diet, which, first of all, we know would have gone against the kosher laws. And Rabbi Michael alluded to that. You know, there, as a Jewish people, you have to keep kosher, right? And it's interesting that not all the Jewish young men followed Daniel and his three friends. You only hear that these four who made this resolution. So they wanted them to eat. Daniel 1.5 says, The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. So the king was trying to indoctrinate them and to get them to, to become Babylonian and to forsake their, their spiritual heritage and their spiritual roots. But verse 8, as Rabbi Michael shared, Daniel resolved. Don't your neighbor and say, let's resolve together. We're going to resolve that for 40 days we're going to fast and pray as a congregation. And we're going to shake heaven and we're going to make hell run. All right, anybody with me? We're going to shake heaven and make hell run. Daniel resolved that he was not going to defile himself with this royal food. And he made a spiritual vow, a commitment to God, and he proposed the alternative, which is the basis of the Daniel fast. He said, test your servants for 10 days, give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink, and then compare our appearance with the other young men, many of who were Jewish, who eat the royal food and you be judged. So they fasted for 10 days originally, gave up all the king's delicacies, and ate nothing but vegetables, fruits, and water. And what were the results? Daniel 1 verse 15 says that at the end of 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. That's a testimony. In other words, Daniel honored God, and God honored Daniel. Beth Emanuel honors God. God will honor Beth Emanuel. Friends, that's what it's about. We're going to honor God, and he will honor us. So what will happen if for the next six weeks we push away from the chocolate, from the bread, from that TV show, from the coffee, from the soda, whatever it may be that God has spoken to you about. And for six weeks, we regularly fast and pray in ways we don't do right now. You see, fasting became a rhythm of Daniel's life. This wasn't the only time he fasted. Let's look in Daniel chapter 10. It's there in your book. Today we're going to talk about breaking through with powerful prayer. So read with me Daniel 10 verse 1 together. It's there in your, in your book. And read this with me out loud. We'll make it through the, the names of the people here. In the third year of Korish, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel, also called Belshazzar. The word was certain, a great war. 
He understood the word, having gained understanding in the vision. Verse 2, at that time I, Daniel, had been mourning for three whole weeks. I hadn't eaten any food that satisfied me. Neither meat nor wine had entered my mouth, and I didn't anoint myself once until three full weeks had passed. So here he is doing it again. Daniel is setting himself aside, fasting, giving up certain things for three weeks. 21 days, no meat, no sweet, no bread. And what happened? The moment the fast was over, Daniel received this. Verse 4, on the 24th day, remember he went three weeks. How many days is three weeks? 21, our mathematicians, okay? Three times seven is 21. So for 21 days, he did not eat any of that. This is on the 24th day. Follow along here. On the 24th day of the first month, I was on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, when I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen, wearing a belt made of uh, fine uvas gold. Daniel's fasting, and he has a vision. He just completed his fast, and someone visits him from heaven. Pretty cool, right? A heavenly vision. What does this description remind you of? Think of the description in the New Covenant and Revelation. You're right, Miles. Going to Revelation 1, it says, Among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in the furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. Wow. Do you see? Daniel's vision is the same vision that Yochanan had because it's the same person. It's Yeshua. We talk about this. Theologically, it's called the pre-incarnate. Uh, just left my mind. Yes. <laughs> Where he got the pre-incarnate Yeshua, he comes to visit before he actually came to earth and took on the flesh of man. So the Son of God came and, and, and visited Daniel and gave him a vision of who he was, just like Yochanan had that, that vision. And some people envision people today, they don't think of him in this way. And we have in our mindset Yeshua who came to this earth the first time, and some think of him only as that baby in a manger. Others of them think of him as that carpenter who would walk around on this earth, and they think of him healing the sick and, and uh, feeding the 5,000, which he did. But that's not the Yeshua who's going to return. Revelation describes Yeshua that we should be anticipating. Eyes like fire, blazing. He's going to be riding a white horse, leading the myriads of heaven. And he is coming back on that day to judge the earth.
He's the all-powerful, full of glory, and it's going to be un unveiled to all the world to see. And John's vision, Yochanan's vision of Yeshua, it says, knocked him to his knees, and the same thing happened to, to Daniel. In verse 7, it says, only I, Daniel, saw the vision. The men who were with me did not see it. However, a great trembling fell over them, so that they rushed to hide themselves. Thus I was left alone, and when I saw this great vision, there was no strength left in me. My face, normally pleasant-looking, became disfigured, and I had no strength. Yeshua's vision leaves him basically paralyzed. We need to get this vision of Yeshua in our mind because that's the Yeshua who we're going to see when he returns to this earth. And the reality is every person listening to this message, whether you're here in this sanctuary, whether you're watching in the streaming right now or later you catch this message on our YouTube channel or whether you're listening to the podcast, every single person listening to this message is going to face that Yeshua. He is coming back to judge the world. But if you and I know him, and if we have accepted him, and he is our savior, amen, then we will shake with joy. If we have not made that decision to embrace him and to accept his atoning work on our behalf, he will be coming as our judge. And we will tremble in fear. So my encouragement to those hearing my message today, whatever that day may be, you need to consider, consider how do you want to meet Yeshua? Because you are going to meet him. Do you want to be shaking with joy? Because no matter who you are, you're going to shake. Just telling you. If you even stay standing, all right? You know, but will it be shaking with joy or trembling in fear? It's very simple, my friend. Embrace Yeshua today, here, before he comes riding on that white horse. And if you have drifted away and you have been doing your own thing and I'll give God time at an, a later date, I'm going to tell you today is that later date. Today is the day to make that decision. Today is the day to say, yes, God, I surrender to you. All of this picture here speaks of who Yeshua is. Every part of Daniel's description, the belt of gold symbolizes his royalty. He is the creator and the ruler of the entire universe. His eyes like flaming torches represent his white-hot holiness and perfection. Like lasers, his eyes see everything. He's omniscient. He knows all and he sees all. He sees everything in our lives. Does that encourage you or does that scare you? Nothing going on in my life or your life or in this congregation, God doesn't see. He sees everything. His holy eyes, nothing can be hidden from them. When it talks about his legs like burnished bronze, it's a symbol of judgment and in those days when people came to the king, the king was always elevated on his throne and they were underneath. The king's feet came to symbolize judgment by the subject who were under his authority. So Yeshua's feet 
like burnished bronze in fire to stamp out sin in the Kehilah. Speak of judgment. And its voice like the sound of multitude rushing water represents his awesome power. How many have ever been to Niagara Falls? It's one of the things I could think of. And I meant to try to find the video when we were up when the kids were littler and I just didn't have time. It escaped me. But that is so loud. That water rushing over. Yeshua's voice is going to be like that and greater. The sound of his voice is going to be so, so powerful. So when you meet Yeshua, is he going to be your savior or is he going to be your judge? This is just an awesome portrayal of the Yeshua that we're going to see next. He's going to come to this earth as Lord of all, and you get to choose how you're going to greet him. Are you going to greet him as your savior or is he going to be your judge? Friends, I want to encourage you, make it as your savior. Today is the day. I don't care what you've done. I don't care if you slipped away. I don't care. You know, it does not matter. Today is that day in the future where God wants you to surrender and accept him as your savior so that when he does come to judge the earth, you will be shaking with joy. So Daniel and Yochanan had a revelation of Yeshua. I pray that during this season of fasting, we will each get a revelation, a fresh revelation. Too many of us as believers have too casual of a relationship with, with Yeshua and with God. Oh, it doesn't really matter what I do. I'm forgiven anyway. He's my good buddy, Yeshua. He, he's, he's, he's right with me. He's okay. No, Yeshua is concerned about your holiness. We say it every week to be holy as he is holy. So some of us are a little too casual. Others of us are a little too fearful. We see God as this one-dimensional, angry, unmoving judge in heaven. Friends, listen. God is a consuming fire. And he is going to come to judge. Everyone will be judged. I, as a believer, will be judged. But I'm going to be shaking in joy even as I go to judgment because my name's written in the book of life, not because of me, but because of Yeshua's sacrifice. But he's also a compassionate father who has brought you to hear this message, whether in this sanctuary or by podcast or YouTube video, so that you can experience his compassion now. So I wonder how God will reveal himself to you in this fast. So my first point, I know you thought, wow, she has a first point. <laughs> Haven't we already got one of those? My first point is that fasting releases fresh revelation. Everyone say revelation. Fasting releases fresh revelation about God into our lives. So get ready. Over the next 40 days, I believe that Yeshua will reveal himself to each one of us in ways that we had not considered before and in ways that I believe will change our lives forever. When you have a fresh revelation of who you really are, which might happen for some of us, we get a fresh revelation of our sin and of our nature 
it's going to impact us. Yeah, because God is coming back for Hakehila without spot or wrinkle. And so maybe this fasting will be a fresh revelation to you of compromise that you've allowed in your life. And God's going to help you to overcome that compromise. Maybe he's going to give you a fresh revelation of his heart, how tender and caring and loving his heart is for you. I know many still struggle with receiving the Father's love from your heavenly Father. I pray that during this fast, there would be a breakthrough, and once and for all, you would know the unfathomable love of your heavenly Father that would take you through the rest of your life like you've never, ever imagined. Fasting brings fresh revelation, and our prayer is that you would have a fresh revelation during the season of fasting. When we go to verse 10, someone speaks to, to Daniel, and most uh, scholars believe this was the angel Gabriel, and he says, a hand touched me and raised me up, and I was tottering on my hands and knees, and he said to me, Daniel, you are a greatly loved man. Now pay attention to the words I am saying to you, and stand upright, for it is to you that I have been sent now. And after he said this to me, I stood up trembling. And now listen, see, God speaks and just gives reassurance to Daniel. And I think some of us need to hear this today. God wants to reassure us. Then he said to me, don't be afraid, Daniel, because since the first day that you determined to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of what you said. Wow. From the first day. Now, some of you have been praying for a long time, and it has been longer than 21 days. And I know for some of you, it has been longer than 30 days. And for some of you, it has been even longer than a year, and two years, and three years for that loved one, for that situation that you just can't seem to get victory over. But do not let the enemy make you think that God has not heard the cries of your heart. As Gabriel said to Daniel, God says to you today, O Beth Emmanuel, don't be afraid. From the first day, from the first day you prayed, I heard that prayer. This morning, my sister... Peggy sent me a text. I'd asked her to pray during this week. As I said, it was an uh, unpleasant week in many ways. And she sent me a, a, a little devotional thing that she had read, and it said something similar. She doesn't even know my message. It said that even when it seems like God is not moving, he is moving on your behalf. And that's basically what Gabriel was telling Daniel even though it may seem like things are not changing and there is no breakthrough coming anytime soon, God says, I am moving and I am working on your behalf. God Almighty in heaven hears your words. 
do not allow the enemy to make you think otherwise. And I know it's so hard sometimes. Last week we were talking at the end, she and I were downstairs with the kids, and we finished our craft a little early, so we were talking there at Camp Shalom, that's our camp downstairs, and just talking about their week off, and then we were talking about talking to God, and they was just trying to tell them that they can talk to God like we were talking to one another. And they're like, really? I said, yeah. I said, you know, sometimes what your rabbi does, I do this. I shake my hand at God and say, God, I don't get it. Why are you not listening? I said, God's not upset when the rabbi does that. I said, the reality is God is listening. And those feelings that come over to make us think that God is not listening, scriptures like this are to remind us that that's not true. Someone reminded me this week of Corey Ten Boom's statement, God is never late, but he misses a lot of opportunities to show up early. Anyone else feel that way? Yeah. But he always, always hears. Daniel humbled himself, and God in heaven heard. Friends, I want you to know that your words are heard in heaven. God is saying to you today, Beth Emanuel, I'm all ears. I am listening. I am listening. And even though you may have no strength and you may have no power left and you may feel like you are at the end of your rope and you can't go on anymore. And you think, God... Now, she was right. You missed a lot of opportunities to be early. And I know you're not going to be late, but it sure feels like it, God. I have no more power. I don't know if I can utter any more words of prayer to you, God. I don't know if I can muster up the strength to cry out one more time for that loved one, God. When it looks so bleak and it looks like there's no way they will ever come to faith. I don't know if I have it in me, God. And God says, I have heard your cries. I have heard your words. And he says, I have all the strength. I have all the power. And I will release a fresh revelation into your life and into your situation. He was saying to Daniel, I'm present and I'm ready to help. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's present and he's ready to help. Fresh revelation. My second point. Not only does fasting release a fresh revelation, and I pray that that revelation you receive today would be that God is ready to help you, and he's present. The second, second thing that fasting does is it releases a spiritual breakthrough. Can you say breakthrough again? Breakthrough. Everybody needs a breakthrough. Daniel must have been, I mean, if he's like me, <laughs> I said, okay, God, why so long? 
So at the, the 21st day, he was like, 21st day, like, oh, my goodness, 21 days, God, I am fasting, and I have not heard from you. Two years, God, five years, ten years, God, how much longer do I have to keep praying and believing for my son to come back to you? How long, God, for my loved one, for that Jewish person that I invite to every single holiday service, and they say no, no, no every single time. Verse 13 gives the reason to Daniel for why it took, quote, so long. The prince of the kingdom of Persia prevented me from coming for 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to assist me so that I was no longer needed there with the kings of Persia. What's he talking about? Okay. The prince of Persia is referring to a demonic power that had a satanic stronghold over Persia. Do you know the area of the world today that is ancient Persian? Iran and Iraq. Do you think there's a demonic stronghold over that area of the world? You think it's still there today? You better believe it. So this angel was pulling back the curtain of heaven, as it were, to give Daniel insight into what's taking place. We talked on spiritual warfare before, and next week's message is going to be specifically on that, that Rabbi Michael is going to be talking on. But friends, there is more that's happening in this room right now at this very second than what you can see with your eyes. This angel had the answer. On day one, he was held up for 21 days because there was a spiritual resistance, a battle in the heavens. So friends, as you make a commitment to this 40 days of fasting with us, and again, I pray that every single person commits to something. Again, I don't care how small it is. You give up your Coke, whatever and to extra time praying during the week. I'm going to tell you right now, hell's not going to like it. And again, next week's message is going to deal in detail about the spiritual warfare around fasting and seeking God. I can tell you it was a hellish week for your rabbis. Hellish. But fasting and prayer are the right hook and the left uppercut to the enemy. It's a one-two punch. We're going to give it to him, prayer and fasting. And as we commit together to pray and fast, there is going to be a spiritual breakthrough. See what happened? So the, the whole concept, so for 21 days, and finally there was a release in the heavenly. So that this angel, Gabriel, is who they believe it was, was finally able to go and come to, to Daniel. The war is still going on, but there was a breakthrough that released him to come to Daniel. 
And when that breakthrough comes in the spiritual realm, there is an eventual manifestation in the physical realm, and there is a breakthrough in your physical life. That's what we are believing for. Not just the spiritual, so at the end of 40 days, oh, yeah, there is a spiritual breakthrough and nothing changes in any of our lives. No, 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 friends. Change is happening. Turn to your neighbor and say, change is coming. You're going to have a spiritual breakthrough. There was a spiritual battle in the heaven, and God sent a backup, and that backup was Michael. Michael, he is one of the chief princes, it says. And he came to fight on Daniel's side. Anyone want an angel fighting on your side? God has lots of angels, just saying. And they are commissioned. Now, that's another, again, I'm not going to get into that, but they, God commissions his angels, okay? So over this place, there are demonic forces who don't want you to hear this message, probably did everything it could to keep you away from hearing this message today. But at the same time, there are angelic hosts who are warring and fighting on your behalf because enough is enough. And God wants your breakthrough. God wants you to go to that next level in him. God wants Beth Emanuel to go to the next level in him, to the next promise. He wants to see breakthrough for this congregation and for every family represented here. So we need to get hungry for a breakthrough here on this earth. Some way, again, we don't understand all the, the ins and outs of how the spiritual dynamic works, but in some way, fasting releases the supernatural, the supernatural breakthrough that allows the breakthrough to come into the natural realm. So consider what answers are being held up right now in the heavenly realms for you that require some prayer and fasting. Several years ago, I was speaking to a counselor about a situation, and she said, do you ever consider fasting and prayer about that? We all want God to go, whew, and it's done. And he does do that sometimes. He's a supernatural God. And that's what I'm saying. We don't always know the dynamics, but God does ask us to partner with him. And we've spoken many messages on that. And one of the ways we partner is by prayer and fasting. And when, as I said earlier, breakthrough is not just spontaneous. So even the suddenlies of God are usually because someone has paid the price in prayer and fasting. And I can hear my words from a message many, many years ago. If you are not willing to pray and fast for your wayward child, who's going to do it? You can't give up one meal to see your child come to faith. Who's going to do it? To see your loved one healed, who's going to do it? To see the Jewish community come to faith, who's going to do it? We're one of the few communities reaching out to Jewish people in Suffolk County. If we cannot fast and pray to see Jewish people come to faith, who, who will do it?
Fasting releases spiritual breakthrough. What's your reason for joining us in this 40-day fast? What's your reason? I want you to take out your contracts. Okay? So here's mine and here's my daughter's. Okay? And if you haven't filled it out, I want you to begin to fill it out because in a few minutes, the ushers are going to come down and we're going to collect those and we're going to pray over those. Fasting and prayer for a season can bring a breakthrough and change. There was this couple, their name is Todd and Jackie. Do we have them up there? Okay, we're going to hear in a minute testimony. A few years back, they did a 21-day fast, a Daniel fast with their congregation. And God brought a breakthrough in their lives. So I want you to listen to this testimony as we prepare to, to, to submit our commitments for uh, consecration and prayer. So let's hit that and see. In 2008, uh, my wife and I, Jackie, that's when we first started looking for a home. My husband and my three little girls, uh, we lived in a two-bedroom condo, so it was quite small for us as a family of five. We started the process of looking. It was really challenging. Anyone that lives in Jersey knows um, just how challenging it is to find a good home um, with a good price. And we were putting so much effort into trying to, to find these homes, we were trying to make sure that Finances were in a line line with what we're trying to do. We were trying to figure out if our kids could live in that home. Did they have enough bedrooms? For about two years, uh, we actually struggled um, trying to find a home. Um, We felt like a house wasn't in the cards for us. So we were attending Liquid Church. We got this crazy idea from our church that we were going to do a 21-day Daniel fast. Jackie and I kind of looked at each other and said, well, I don't really know if this is something that we could do. First of all, I... Never fasted before in my life. I didn't want to eat just berries and nuts and almonds and vegetables. So I didn't really think it was something that we should do. Uh, I didn't want to do it. But at that moment, I felt like we really didn't have a choice. I felt like, let's just give this, you know, one last shot. God really did a work in our hearts during this time. Um, He used fasting to truly draw us closer to him. And we really felt his presence on a daily basis. We were praying with our children every day, um, with each other. And we truly felt like God was in the midst. Um, We surrendered our will and our wants for a home, and we really gave it to God. We were trying to find this house on our own, and God was saying, no, stop. You gotta lean into me right now, and I I have a will for you, and I have a way for you, and and we're we're gonna get this done. And it was the first time, I think, as a family that we felt like God was literally speaking to us and that God was leading the way. Sure enough, a week into the fast, we got a call from our realtor and he said he found a home that wasn't even on the market yet. Um, We got in to see it the next day. As soon as we walked in the door, we knew that this home was for us. We just felt God's presence so strongly there. We felt like he truly led us on this journey for this exact moment. So we decided to make an offer on the house. A Couple weeks later, we closed on it. Looking back on that situation, we were just sitting down and having dinner and and would break out into prayer and God was not only just giving us a house, God was really working in our hearts and bringing us closer to Him. Our goal initially for the fast was our home, but Jesus' goal was our hearts. In 2000. 
So what is it that you need a breakthrough in? Maybe you, you need to see someone sick be healed. You don't have the answer, but God does. Maybe you need a home. You don't have the answer, but God does. Maybe you need financial breakthrough. You don't have the answer, but God does. That's what this couple did. They, they fasted and they prayed, and God gave them a house. They were desperate. How desperate are you? to see the breakthrough come in your life. And more importantly, as they said, she said at the end, but he had alluded to it as well, more than the breakthrough in that area, God did something in their heart, and he drew them closer to him. And I know breakthrough's gonna come. I know that there's gonna be one testimony after another, but you know the greatest testimony that I want to hear and that I want to see with my eyes is a congregation of people whose heart has been drawn closer to God. So friends, we are going to make this commitment for 40 days. Where do you need a breakthrough? What area have you tried like they did? They tried and tried and tried and tried to manipulate and do things on their own. And they finally surrendered it to God. And God provided, God brought a breakthrough. Nothing is too big and nothing is too small for God. I don't care what it is that you feel led to put onto that piece of paper. Nothing is too big and nothing is too small. Whether it's to buy or sell a house, whether it's to conceive a child, perhaps there's an addiction that you need broken in your life or in the life of one of your loved ones. It could be cigarette, alcohols, food. Pornography is a big thing in our world and even in the body of Messiah. Maybe there's an addiction that needs to be broken, painkillers. In Yeshua's name, these strongholds have to be broken off of your life. And fasting breaks the enemy's hold. Maybe it's fasting for others. Maybe everything is going smoothly in your life. So the fast isn't really for you, but you're going to fast for someone else. Maybe healing for a friend or loved one. Maybe salvation of a family member. Again, I can imagine that almost every single person listening has a loved one who needs to know Yeshua or certainly our Jewish people, maybe that's what you're fasting. So what I want us to do is I want us to finish filling out this piece of paper. And as I said, even if you feel you cannot make a commitment to any type of fasting, I want you to write something down that you would like Rabbi Michael and I to be praying for over the next 40 days. So I'm going to ask Fred and Natalie to come.